Hello and welcome to this week's TES Epi podcast. My name's Kate Parker and I'm here with Julia Balgatai. Hello. Hello and this week we are joined by James Kewin, the Deputy Chief Executive of the Sixth Form Colleges Association. Hello. Hello. And you will have hopefully all seen that yesterday we published a piece on TES about uh, the need for a new dedicated capital fund for Sixth Forms. Um, if you haven't read it yet, I'm sure you all We'll rush to read it. James, do you want to give us a bit of an outline about why Six Forms are asking for a dedicated capital fund? Yeah, thanks, Kate. It's something we've we've been uh, asking for for a little while, but I think it's taken a greater sense of urgency given, I mean, particularly this year when we saw the big increase in student numbers as a result of the exams uh, sort of fiasco. It's brought it into sharper focus. But, I mean, essentially what we have are We've crunched the numbers and there's well over a quarter of a million additional 16 to 18 year olds will be participating in education um, over the next few years. And I suppose what we're saying to the government is you need to be ready for that and you need to cater for that. Uh, And, you know, there are different ways of doing it. You can build new institutions, uh, 16 to 19 free schools under the current regulations. You can add sixth forms to schools or try and squeeze more students in or we think is a, a, a more sensible option is to at least have the option to expand high performing institutions uh, to cater for this demographic uh, growth. So we've put that as one of our big two asks. The other one, of course, being raise the rate in the spending review. And we have our fingers crossed for some good news uh, in a couple of weeks time. Because the case is already, isn't it, that six forms are already oversubscribed. So the two principals that I spoke to, um, they're both saying that they've had to turn students away this year and actually year on year, their student figures have gone up. Um, and obviously we're looking at this kind of boom of 16 to 18 year olds, quarter of a million students in. So you're kind of trying to get more students into institutions that actually they can't even fit in at the moment, let alone, you know, in 10 years time. Yes. I think that the um, it, it just seems to us to be a sensible option to allow. I mean, and in terms of how that goes down, I mean, there's a sort of a there's a very strong there's two very strong arguments. I think the first is value for money, and um, we we put in our spending review submission uh, a sort of unit cost, if you like, comparing how much it costs to uh, build a new institution um, and fill that, and uh, and contrasted that with um, with allowing an existing institution to expand. And the numbers are really, I mean, the numbers are really striking. It's, I think it was £12,500 per student in a in an existing institution compared to 30000 or thereabouts in a, in a brand new one. So the value for money argument, I think, is very, very strong, which is something the Treasury really ought to, well, really ought to resonate with, with them. But there is also the educational argument, too, that um, what you get if you're only allowing high-performing institutions or successful institutions to expand there's a, there's a much higher degree of certainty. You know, you have a, a proven track record, the reputation. So there's a kind of um, a confidence that the money's being spent in the right way, and not least because we have seen quite a few of these usually very small 16 to 19 free schools fall by the wayside in recent years. Mm. And in terms of how much each, you know, individual college needs, I know you're asking for kind of a 50 million pilot scheme um, in the new spending review, but you know, individually, it's not like they're asking for, you know, billions of pounds, is it? I think one college needed five million and the other college needed six million to build, either expand their current building or build a new block. Um, It doesn't seem to be, you know, you're not asking for a huge amount of money. 
I'm not asking for fees. I mean, I think we've said something like in the order of around £50 million, because if nothing else, what that would do is allow the government to pilot this approach this year with a view to rolling it out in the in the future. I mean, and that will be a small scale thing. I mean, we've looked at, for example, there is an, an expansion f- uh, fund for grammar schools, the selection school expansion fund. And we've said, well, actually, a non-selective version of that for sixth form providers, in a sense to the our message to the DfE is you already have a model. You know, you can pretty much just rub out grammar school and put in sixth form and, you know, just have that kind of there. And actually they're in control of the proposals and the bids and, and everything else. So a small scale pilot to begin with feels like we understand there are huge pressures on the public finances at the moment, but this issue is not going to go away. You can't argue with demographics. So you need to have a plan in place and, you know, getting something from the spending review in a couple of weeks would be, would be the first step on that road. What do you say when people say to you, well, you know, that just isn't, we need to pick what we're investing in at this point. There isn't an unlimited amount of money you know, they're all making do all these six form colleges that are currently developing, you know, they're delivering to to their students as is. And they're more important things to be spending money on right now. I Yeah, I mean, I, I think what we have to do, uh, Julia, in, in all of the cases that we're making to the Treasury, it's a it's their job to to kind of to make that case. And it's their job to prioritise. And I think that the issue we have, it's not just um, competing priorities within the within education. It's competing priorities across government departments. You know, there's an opportunity cost to everything. The money that goes in here is not going into NHS or defence or, or wherever else. But I think in terms of the, the 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 priority of the country, I think the education of of students is going to be pretty uh, is going to be pretty near the top. And I think the quality of the educational experience that young people are getting is not increasingly not what it should be, um, both for capital and for revenue reasons. So if you're basically squeezing more and more students into already overcrowded classrooms, you know, they're not getting a fair deal uh, on, on that front. But equally, unless they address the revenue issue, and I know that we've, we've bored for England on this uh, issue for, for years now, but unless they do something about the funding rate as well, which is why the Raise the Rate campaign is so important, then actually... I think young people in this country are then falling further and further behind our international competitors. But actually, if you look at if you if you contrast what deal has been done for pre-16 education and post-16 education, we're falling further and further behind even there, even even sort of younger age groups as well. And I think Paul made that point in in the piece um, in your piece there as well. So I, I think. I would say this, wouldn't I? But I think, you know, investing in sixth form education is, is should be pretty near the top of the government's list of priorities. Can you have you got any sort of more examples of where sixth form colleges are already struggling? I mean, is it is it literally as you know as straightforward as too many people in a room? I think, yeah, and I think what we would say as well, Julia, it's it's not just um we think this fund, this in a sense is a provider blind. Funds. So increasingly, many of the things that we ask for uh, as an association are about sixth form education rather than sixth form colleges. We, we might need to change our name at some point, given that actual sixth form colleges are, are, are technically in the minority of our membership now. So, you know, obviously they're at the heart of what we do, but we have five or six, I think, different types of sixth form provider, including FE colleges. We've got about 15 odd FE colleges. We've got free schools. We've got academies. We've got sixth form colleges. And I think for us, we're saying that any institution that meets the criteria should be able to expand. This is not a kind of um, sort of special pleading for sixth form colleges. It's saying that actually 
if you've got a strong case, then you ought to be able to uh, expand and, and, and take on more students. What would you say to the people that, you know, would say, well, blended learning clearly is, you know, now going to be something that all students are going to have to have and, you know, teachers are going to have to do even going beyond COVID. So surely there could be an argument for, well, you don't need to expand your buildings because actually you could have 30% of, you know, of pupils at home instead of actually physically in college. Yeah, I, I would say I don't agree. Uh, I would say that I think I think that what um, from our perspective, um, I think it is definitely the case that there will be some lessons from COVID and um, how we can do more online stuff. And I think as a sector, we've got this tech group already going on at SFCA. And I think as a sector, we're already even pre-COVID, we're, we're harnessing um, online learning and everything else. And I think that that's an important part of the mix, but it will never replace and can never replace face-to-face education and I think I am a bit wary you might remember there was a guy called Matt Hancock once upon a time who was the uh, who was our minister and he was kind of you know completely focused on this issue as well and I, I worry sometimes that politicians in 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 particular see this as a kind of cost saving it's not really about pedagogy or young people it's about saving a bob or two and I think that yes that has a role to play but it's not going to as I said at the beginning, you can't argue with demographics. These young people will need a place. I did look, by the way, I have to say, sorry, I did look, by the way. I mean, again, I think the DfE have got a difficult job to do at the moment because there's budget pressures, but I, their, their response to the article, I thought, was uh, was was interesting in that it was almost like they were answering, answering a different question. So they talked about the um, the funding available through the Condition Improvement Fund which in the sixth form, it's like the sixth form college equivalent of the national lottery. So the chance of actually getting capital funding from the SIF is very slim. To give you an indication, each year we might have nine or 10 colleges that get some funding, which is around 1% of the total pot. Um, and of that nine or 10, it went up slightly this year because I had a second round, one will get expansion funding each year. So if you- but That is tailored at a slightly different thing, isn't it, that fund? That isn't- sort of helping you with demographic changes that you might see over the next yeah. few years. Not well, that's why it was such a curious response. The clue's in the title, isn't it? It's the Condition Improvement Fund. So to say, when you obviously ask them, what are you doing about capital funding or expansion funding, for them to say, well, we've got this condition fund is kind of sort of interesting, but irrelevant really, because there is a small proportion of the SIF that does go to expansion projects, but they're not really expansion projects. They're about sort of acute overcrowding not genuine expansion. So I think that last year, for example, we had one of our institutions, and this is not just sixth form colleges, this is 16 to 19 academies and so on as well. Um, one of our institutions had uh, approval for a slightly bigger canteen. Now, of the best will in the world, and it's a very nice canteen, I've seen it, you're probably not going to fit 260,000 people in it. So I think that they need a better, um, basically trotting out the line that we've got SIF and it's all okay. I think is is not really, it's not really good enough. And when you are speaking to the DfE and to officials, are you is your feeling that they're understanding that that there is a sort of basic level of understanding that these are two different things and that you may well need both? Yeah, there definitely is. I mean, I I, I think that the officials at the DfE are, are really good. They really understand this, and I think they, um, I think the challenge we have sometimes is that the um, well, we've had collectively this conversation many times because particularly sixth form colleges have college in the name 
they often think, well, we're part of FE and the new FE capital funding is kind of, so it's, I mean, obviously they get that because they make the decisions and stuff, but sometimes the the kind of the political response uh, talked about FE and um, as you know, the, the government tends to view post-16 education through a, technic, a very technical lens. And we're saying, actually, that's not really what we're about. We need a dedicated fund for expansion uh, and just for sixth form providers. Mm. And going forward, you know, I know there's obviously a lot of other issues facing sixth form colleges at the moment. Like you said, you've got raise the rate and kind of the way that the boost has been eroded by COVID costs. And obviously we've seen the announcement on exams and the fact that, you know, uh, A-levels are still going to happen. Julie Keegan said they're still going to happen next year. What are your concerns going forward for the sector? I think exams, uh, well, I think in the, sh- in the short term, Kate, in the immediate term, the, 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 the issue that's absolutely dominating is just staying open. I think it is, I mean, you'll know this from talking to people, but certainly from our, our talking to our members and seeing what they're doing it is absolutely extraordinary what they are doing. I mean, they've, ne- you know, they've always been at the front line, but especially with the lockdown now, they're at the front line of the front line because everyone else has sort of been told to, to lock down. So the work they're doing there is extraordinary. So I think one of the challenges as an association, one of the, our priorities is to make sure that they can continue to do that and we can support them to do that, but also keeping our eye on some of these longer term issues. So spending review is obviously huge. Level three review of, of BTECs in particular, absolutely huge. FE white paper, probably less so for us because I think it's more sort of um, sort of mainstream FE. But the big issue on the horizon is exams next year, no question. Um, and I think that the government, um, Wales have gone very early. You might have seen uh, 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 Bill, Bill Watkin, our chief exec, was on Newsnight talking about this on Monday. And he, was, he was brilliant, as he always is. But he was making the case that um, what matters is that we, it's, it's really what really matters is the assessment that, and, it's, and the fairness of that assessment. Now, whether it's exams or non-exams or whatever is, is a, really a secondary concern. They have to find a model that accounts for the loss of learning in different parts of the country. And we see that in our regional meetings, that some parts of the country, very little learning has been lost at all. In other parts of the country, there's been huge kind of disruption. So I think my worry sometimes with when I hear what the minister says and what the ministers say, and I do, you know, they, they talk about it in a sort of a slightly stiff upper lip, the exams must go on, we can't let the virus beat us kind of thing, which is, you know, it's kind of you know interesting rhetoric, but but ultimately, um, even if exams do go ahead next year, there will need to be really significant, we think, modification adaptations to make sure that young people in some parts of the country don't lose out. That point about the level playing field is absolutely essential. So, give us your wish list then. You know, in the, over the next month, what would you like to hear? both from Gillian Keegan, I guess, and also from Gavin Williamson and the Chancellor, what are your sort of top, let's give you three, three wishes. So I think on the 25th, I mean, the, the real shame about this on the spending review is that if you'd asked me pre-COVID, I think we were in a better position than we had ever been uh, in terms of funding. I think, I mean, um, less so about Gillian Keegan, because I think she's got her, her priorities are elsewhere. But certainly uh, in terms of technical education and so on, but certainly as a Secretary of State, former sixth form college student, that probably doesn't help. But he absolutely gets the point about 16 to 19 and was absolutely committed to that. And in fairness to him, we'd already seen the first boost in almost a decade anyway. So now clearly the public finances are in a much worse 
condition than they were. So I think that the top three would be in the short term, um, just in pure policy, these policy issues, I would say, obviously, we get the rate, raise the rate, let's get that sorted. Um, let's get our capital expansion fund um, uh, in place as well. So they would be the two big funding issues. Um, and I think probably a, a tie for if I was going to have four, maybe it'll allow me four. But <laughs> the two, the two other issues. One is a kind of a speedy resolution to exams next year. They need to, Wales have gone very early, arguably too early, but we need to just know what the plan is here. And the current plan B is not really a plan B; it's a plan A point one. We need, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? We need to have some some clarity on that because I think that is huge. Um, and yes, the other issue is um, don't do anything silly on BTEC. Government is the other thing we would say. And what might you mean by that? What 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 what's well? Get rid take, of them basically. Take, take them away to beat a yeah. path to the T levels. I think if T levels if T level if T levels are going to succeed, they should succeed on their own merits, not by taking away an adjacent set of very well established um, qualifications. And in and in many respects, I actually think that's probably our biggest battle because um, that view certainly within with ministers and, and others doesn't really um, that message doesn't really resonate um, so I think that's a real challenge for again not just sixth form colleges anyone involved in 16 mm. to 18 education mm. okay well good luck with the bid for the capital fund we hope that you get some good news in the spending review and thank you so much for coming to talk to us about it um, we really appreciate it. it's always nice to hear you and see you <laughs> Brilliant. No, thanks to you both. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. And um, join us again in a couple of weeks time. Thank you.